Welcome to Plateau Partners Pulse, a show about business networking and ideas brought to you by the Plateau Partners, a BNI chapter in the greater Seattle Puget Sound area. I'm your host, Stacey Heller of Stacey Connects. I am joined today by Jennifer Harris of Look Within HR Consulting. Hi, Stacey. Hello. It is so nice to see you here. I'm glad to be here. It's um, it's funny seeing you in places other than our neighborhood because we are literal neighbors times two. Yes. We do see each other, though, in many other places. Yes, we do. It is true. Mm-hmm. So let's get right into the speed round. Okay. I'm ready. Okay. So I have already introduced you and your business. Okay. So uh, instead, let's start with childhood nicknames. Childhood nicknames. So not so much child, kind of a transformative period of my life was college. And um, my last name was McKibben. And so a lot of people were calling me McKibbs. However, for some reason, they felt that they needed to shorten my first name as well. And so people in college called me Niff McKibbs. <laughs> that was, that's a real thing. Interesting. If you look at my Instagram handle, it's Niff McKibbs. That explains so playing, much. Playing homage to my college nickname. That's like Topher Grace. His full name is Christopher. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. But now I'm Niff McKibbs because I am Jennifer McKibben Harris. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so we know that your business name is Look Within HR Consulting. How long have you been doing this iteration of your business? I have been in business for, well, in January it will be four years. Wow. I know. I'm pretty excited. I think I might have to do something to celebrate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or wait until like the fifth anniversary or something. Yeah, that's a good idea. Right. Maybe that. Hmm. We'll have to plan on that. Okay. Okay. Tell me about your, tell me about your business, like broad overview. So um, obviously I'm an HR consultant. And so I work with professional services, small businesses don't necessarily have an opportunity to work with an HR person or don't have a need to bring them on staff, but do have a need to partner with them occasionally. And so that is what I do. I work with them. Interesting. Okay, we're going to definitely be talking more about that. Uh, Does it matter where your clients are located? Oh, I'm so glad you asked that. So most of my clients are located in Washington State, just because I myself am located in the greater Seattle area. And I know the laws and um, kind of more compliance related things related to Washington State. However, I do have clients in other states such as California. And so I can work outside of the state of Washington. It's just a little bit more complex when it comes to more of the compliance aspect. Got it. Okay. So if you're doing something like an employee handbook and things like Mm -hmm. that, then you can brush up on like, okay, what can we say and what can't we say and what's... Right. Well, an employee handbook is actually a specific topic because um, I have a tool that I use for employee handbooks and I can um, reference it for any state or multiple states. So now I want an employee handbook for my own business, Mm -hmm. even even though though it's just me. You're just in Washington (laughs) State. But yes. So if I had a client with... um, uh, employees are in Seattle, but they had employees in New York and California, which I actually do, that would be a perfect example where that tool could reflect um, the specifics of each state. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what do you think it is that sets you apart from other people doing this? Oh, I'm so glad you asked that. 
Um, because it's taken me a while to figure that out. Um, I'm sure we'll get into it. You'll at some point probably ask about my background. But my first 15 years of HR experience was in corporate America. And so when I started the small business of consulting, it was what does make me different. And so essentially, I what I have um, figured out is that when I work with a client, the most important thing is that I understand two things when I start working with them. Number one is what their business goals are. And number two, what their either their current company culture is or their aspirational culture. And then everything that I do in terms of guidance, consulting, coaching is in service to those business goals and to that aspirational culture, or keeping that culture. And so I think that's the unique piece that I provide is that I customize everything I do to really what the needs of my client are at that time. Interesting. And I think I'm guessing that having that background in like the more corporate space, it it gives you a sense of, you know, the important things that come from that. But then working with small businesses to be able to, as you say, customize it and scale it down so that it's right sized. That's huge. I like that. So that it's right-sized. That's exactly it because I do try and take all the the knowledge and experiences and tools from uh, my experience in corporate America and then I make it accessible to my clients but small businesses do not have the same needs by any means as large businesses and so I do right-size it and I do make things like I said accessible to them but then we make it so that it's customized and what is really needed for them and their size of business. Such good stuff. Uh, now to some B&I questions. Right. How long have you been in B&I? Uh, it's uh, just about, it must be over four years now, actually. Yeah. I, I, I'm always thrown. I feel like I've been in B&I for like 100 years A little now. bit, I know. Should so I when, say four years or 40 years? Right. <laughs> so then when people say, you know, like four years and it's in relation to how long I've been in b and I'm like... Really? I feel like it's been much longer than so, that. But how long have you been in b and I don't know. I think it's three because you're For just, my own just, business. For your own. What? But then I was in, I was doing it yeah. for Bruce for right, a year. And that, yeah, it's. Obviously we're in the same chapter, huh? Clearly. <laughs> so anyway, um, okay. What is the thing that you appreciate most about B&I as a networking organization? I love that question. I literally was just talking with a fellow member about this the other day. The uniqueness of BNI is a, is that it teaches you how to properly refer other businesses. So, for example, before I joined BNI, I never would have said or, or or not said but listened for opportunities to give referrals of other business partners or people in my network necessarily. BNI has taught me the art of referring for the betterment of others, not for myself. Like I truly want to help others um, that I am trying to give the referral to. And then I also am doing it for the folks that are the business that I'm referring. So I just feel like that's one of the best things they've done is teach us how to refer others. That might be one of my favorite answers. Oh, yes. And I didn't even add in the fact that it's all by, about giver's gain. Like that's kind of the underlying pin of the philosophy right. of BNI is giver's gain. And the referral process kind of layers in over that. Well, and I remember reading somewhere where it talked about how you don't 
refer somebody because you like the business. You refer somebody because you like the person. Yes. So, like, I'm going to refer somebody to you if you say, do you know a good uh, injury lawyer? I'm mm-hmm. going to refer the person that I know because I like you. Mm-hmm. That's Not exactly because it. I like that person so much. It's mostly because, like, I want to be of service to you. Exactly. And and that's, you know, a little bit crossing over into our chapter specifically, but um, the members and the relationships are what makes us, you know, renewing our membership every year. That is that is the next question. The best part about our chapter of Plateau Partners. Yeah. I think that we really generally have every other member's best interest at heart. And I know that goes along with Giver's Gain, but um, it's just something that you see every week in our weekly meetings. I see it in one-to-ones or in, in group settings where people are gathering. Um, so that's, to me, I mean, there's a lot of other things in terms of the knowledge or the, the business side of um, being an entrepreneur. I have learned so much from my peers in the group. But, but I think that it's more about just have the relationships that come mm-hmm. from it. I agree. The words like, know, and trust are commonly associated with BNI. What are three words that are commonly associated with you, Jennifer Harris, mm. and or your business? Mm. Well, you know, as, as uncomfortable, frankly, as it speaks, you know, I'm not super comfortable sharing something like that. But, but I would say um, authentic. Mm-hmm. That's something I've really leaned into in my business is showing up truly who I am and not just trying to be the perfect professional, right? Because mm-hmm. um, I do like to have fun. And I don't think that that's the top three words that people would say, but I, but fun would be my mine because mm-hmm. um, HR is fun for those of you listening, just in case you didn't know. <laughs> HR is fun. Um, <laughs> I, I feel like Stacy's going to bust out an acronym here pretty soon I, for I'm me. Totally I'm just waiting. Like... <laughs> yeah. Um, and so uh, some of the other ones would be knowledgeable, um, and results-oriented. I like that. Got to get it done. Yes. You, yes, you have shown that to me multiple times <laughs> as she, you know, takes my laptop and is like, this is what we're going to do. Um, however, yes. it's very helpful. Good. So tell me something that your clients don't know about you. Mm. Or so, anybody. Like, just yeah. something, some quirky little thing oh, that quirky. is going to, I like the quirky stuff. Oh, I wasn't going to pull out a quirky one. All right. Well, you you do you. Okay. I'm going to do me. Authentic. Yeah. So I don't talk about this a lot with my clients because there's just no need for it to pop up. But um, it, throughout my HR career, I have supported clients around the world. And I'm particularly proud of it for a couple of reasons. Number one is that I love working with people that live and work in a completely different place than I do. And so I've been to Tokyo to do offsites and trainings. I've spent time in Ireland. Um, and, and I've had clients, Germany, France, other places in Asia, et cetera. And I love working with both just diff- folks from other cultures, but also folks in a completely different business setting, right? What's normal for them, their, their office norms, their social norms are, are just fascinating and challenging. So that is a big thing that just doesn't come up, come up as much because my clients are more local now. Okay. I yeah. was going for, I was hoping for something like, I'm the only one in my family that likes pizza. Yeah, no, that that's not where I was going to go with that. Well, you know. You, I run deep. Yeah, like you the do. the rivers. Yep. Yes, you do. Yeah. Denial ain't just a river. <laughs> um, 
share your top most FAQ. My top most FAQ. Mm, I don't even know what to answer that one. Like, you mean what is my most frequently like, asked question? Yeah, like what, you know, I could see people being like, you know, what's your rate? Oh. How does this work? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Um, why so HR? I would say from a client, per, a potential client perspective, they they would say, I've been hiring and firing people in my business for a long time. Why would I need an HR person? That's that is a common question. And and honestly, whether they actually say it out loud or it just comes out sure. some way throughout the conversation, um, the the answer is because you need an HR person for everything in between. From the moment you think that you might need to hire till the moment that you go your separate ways or the organization shifts or reorgs or changes or shuts down. There's so every part of the way, every step, there are impacts to employees and impacts to the organization. And so a strategic HR partner like myself is going to help the business achieve whatever business goals they're trying to achieve through the lens of their organization and people, everything in between. Makes so much sense. It's like, oh, I've been hiring and firing my people for years. How's that going for you? Yeah. (laughs) So how many people have you hired and how many people have you fired? Right. (laughs) And is there a correlation? Yeah. Uh, Okay. The favorite question of every speed round for Plateau Partners Pulse. Mm -hmm. What's your favorite curse word? Nice. Well. With that, let's take a quick break, and then we're going to go further into depth with Jennifer Harris of Look Within HR Consulting. We will be right back with Plateau Partners Pulse. Running a business is challenging enough. Figuring out your taxes is the last thing you want to focus on. CPA and enrollment agent Raj Prabhu keeps current on tax laws and requirements and helps you navigate the ever-changing tax maze so you can focus on steering your business to a profit. Advising and strategizing with small business owners on how to save money is his specialty. If you need someone that can speak tax and accounting, you need to speak with Raj Prabhu of RLP Tax and Accounting at www.rlptax.com. Are you overwhelmed by all the photos you have tucked in boxes, drawers, and envelopes? Not to mention sitting on jump drives, the cloud, or your phone? Eileen Vieira of Memory Books by Eileen can help you get inspired, organized, or creative with both traditional or digital scrapbooking products, services, and events. Don't have the time, energy, or interest to DIY? Eileen can also create a professional quality photo book or scrapbook for you. For more information or to book a free consult, go to memorybooksbyeileen.com. That's memorybooksbyeileen.com. Save and share the stories that matter most. Experience for yourself the power of know, like, and trust through BNI. Through weekly meetings and networking with other members, you'll learn about yourself, your business, and other business professionals. BNI is an international networking organization that promotes givers' gain. By giving referrals to other members, you'll get the same in return. Plus, increase credibility from clients 
for being a trusted partner they can rely on. To learn more, go to BNI.com or text BNIPPINFO. That's BNIPPINFO to 55678. Make it a great day. Keep your dial on Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Stacey Heller. I am joined again by Jennifer Harris of Look Within HR Consulting. She is a people manager, and she even has her own people with her here today that she is managing. I do. I manage people all the time, 24-7. Right. I mean, and you take it to a different level. So it's (laughs) impressive. Okay, so let's really get into things. So throughout the pandemic things shifted for you and yes you there's all the things that you do but now you've gotten is it certified or oh certified yes yeah yeah I was I wasn't sure if it's like you've now gotten your black belt or (laughs) like if it's considered certification or like ordained it's a a process to get certified to become a facilitator of the Myers-Briggs personality assessment okay Mm-hmm. So yeah. talk a little bit about that, because yes. those assessments are it's always fascinating, but it goes beyond the like the Cosmo quiz. Right. <laughs> I loved those Cosmo right. quizzes. And you I always taken one for a long time. Right. And it was always like, oh, this is going to reveal like my true self. Right. And yeah, no. Spoiler alert. Uh, the Cosmo quiz will not do that. However, mm-hmm. this is much, much closer. Yeah. So um, Myers-Briggs type indicator is about preferences. So it's a personality assessment. It is, it's not a test. It's just an assessment. And the assessment itself is actually only one piece of, of the bigger puzzle, I would say, of figuring out kind of your personality and, and where your natural preferences are. So there are a lot of different types of assessments that are out there. So um, there's DISC. A really popular one right now is Enneagram. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a bunch of other ones, Insights, et cetera. Myers-Briggs um, is one that has been around for a long time, so about 100 years, a little less than that. And so it's one of the longest-standing ones. And so that in itself shows how much research and development has gone into it and made it kind of made the science behind it mm-hmm. more valid. And so it's also the most well-recognized and most used personality assessment around the world. So when I was trying to figure out kind of where where I wanted to spend my focus and time and attention, Myers-Briggs ended up being the right one for me to help my clients. And and it's really not just, it's not clients in terms of just the small businesses. It's also for leaders to help them understand how they're showing up and what their preferences are. And then also um, for for, for, excuse me, for folks that are trying to figure out what they're going to do with their career, maybe where, you know, am I in the right job? Am I not? I want to get promoted, but why am I not getting promoted? Mm-hmm. Kind of really helping understand it's that self-discovery piece. So so I, I leaned in um, and, and got the certification. And so now um, that I'm working with, um, small, well, some small businesses um, as well as individuals on really helping them to understand what their preferences are. There's four kind of key indicators, um, four areas that we have um, preferences in. Mm-hmm. 
And so we need to just have understanding that we have to work in all of those preferences, but some of them are more natural and some of them are not. So how do we have the awareness of where our natural state goes to and then our area that that's not our natural state, right? So right. an example I just gave earlier today was um, it's very easy to write your name with your right hand. Mm-hmm. You don't think about it. But if I said, write your name with your left hand, can you do it? Yes, because yes. I'm a lefty. Well, okay. <laughs> so I'm right-handed. Um, I'm right-handed. And so, yes, I can write with my left hand, but I just have to think about it. And yes. so it's going to take me twice as long. It might make me a little bit frustrated because the perfectionist in me does not like the way that handwriting showed up, right? But that's an example of this of these types that and these preferences. And so I I love it. I could talk about this stuff all day long. Well, it's it that's a really great example or way to explain it because you know, it's about efficiency, right? So mm-hmm. when we're in the workspace, you know, why spend twice as long trying to figure out how to write with, yes. you know, your in my case, my right hand mm-hmm. when I could, you know, do the thing that comes easily and naturally to me and that I do best. And then either, you know, decide which things then that I'm like, okay, I'm going to find a partner that can help me with this or somebody else that I can, you know, put this off to them. And then also in terms of relationships with people who you're going to, um, you know, who you're going to be able to work well with. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you're an introvert, then working with an extrovert, um, is that going to be exhausting? Or, um, you know, the the different personality types. And if you look exactly. up Myers-Briggs, then you'll see the letters that are associated right. with these things. Right. And the letters, um, that's probably the hardest part for me, is that the the letters that represent these terms, so you said extrovert, introvert, and there's other ones, um, they don't just roll off your tongue. So if, you, if you're if you not speaking Myers-Briggs regularly, it's kind of sometimes hard to, to remember that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you you do, you, you keyed in on something that's really important about um, the the professional in the workplace. And that is, is that there's a piece of understanding what your preferences is, are, excuse me, and then don't work, don't work with your left hand, right? If it's just taking you twice as long or it's not efficient or it's not productive or it makes you frustrated. But sometimes in our jobs, we have to work with our left hand. It's just mm-hmm. part of the job, right? So it's recognizing it. It's learning to, to lean in a little bit. How can I do it differently? Or how can I use a coworker, mm-hmm. as you explained? And then that lends itself to teams. So looking at this, I just did this with a team last week, was around identifying, hey, let's look at our team and see kind of who, what, what everyone's best fit type is. And then where are your gaps? Where do you have people that don't exhibit a particular preference? Mm-hmm. Or there's also some pieces around type where individuals actually um, tend, so males tend to be a type, mm-hmm. and then females tend to be another type. So when a female has a type that tends to be more male, mm-hmm. they are oftentimes perceived in an environment that's like, oh, well, they're tough. Oh, they're direct. Oh, they're not nice. Oh, they're mean because they're showing up in a different way that tends to be more male. So anyways, there's just a lot of interesting pieces that go along with it. And then the last thing is just when you look at a team, what are, you know, what are you missing? What are the gaps? And so while Myers-Briggs is not by any means a tool for recruiting or hiring, 
it is a tool for identifying needs on your team. Now, is this something that if an individual wants to do something beyond like the, because you can go on the internet, it's mm-hmm. sort of like yes. the love language test, right? Yeah. Like you can go and you can, you know, answer these 20 questions. And Myers-Briggs is more extensive than very often what is available online. And as you say, you know, now you're, you're, you can be a facilitator mm-hmm. of this. Um, can people just come to you and say, I want to figure out my, like who I am, what I am? The short version is yes. The, the long version is, is you can even go online and, and get some variation. But the one thing about Myers-Briggs that I like is that it's pretty highly regulated. And so they do not allow facilitators to just give the, um, to have somebody take the assessment without having a conversation about understanding what the assessment results are and really understanding their best fit type with a facilitator. So that is part of my commitment as being a facilitator is that I will meet with individuals. So um, trying to just take your question a little bit further. So yes, an individual can come to me at any time and and we can take this and, and go over your results. And and then, obviously, I do it for teams and, and leaders as well. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So I know that that was a big switch for you. So I figured I would start with that. Well, it's a big – actually, it's not a switch. It's, it's an It's ad. an addition. It's an addition, yeah. It's a really exciting addition because I've been working with Myers-Briggs for probably 15 years. And I just never finalized and got, you know, got all the background knowledge. So Right. No, I, I'm fascinated by that stuff. I, it's fun. I never met a quiz that I didn't want to take. <laughs> that is true. Except like my math quizzes. Um, <laughs> so the services that Look Within offers, mm-hmm. I would say it seems like they fall into three different buckets. Yes. Would you agree? I absolutely agree. So it feels like um, part of it feels like you do some coaching for people. Mm-hmm. Part of it is um, the facilitate, right? Right. So if uh, Stacy Connects decides to bring on an employee, you can help me facilitate aspects of that. And then there is a whole other bigger bucket mm-hmm. that seems like it's a little harder to explain. So tell me about yeah. that one yeah. first. So if I could just go back to the facilitation, I would say the facilitation bucket is really more around actually being a facilitator. So whether it's conducting workshops, whether it's doing like management capability sessions, uh, whether it's the Myers-Briggs sessions I'm talking about, um, I do a lot of like quarterly and year-end or annual staff retreats where I'm helping build the agenda and facilitating them. Um, Which is furthering those goals of and culture of the company and making sure that it's like, it seems like with those services that you offer, you're bringing them back to the touchstone. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So then I, th- I think where you're going with it is, is my biggest bucket is the actual HR consulting. Mm-hmm. Um, another term, common term that's used in the field is people operations. And that's where it runs the gamut of doing a variety of things, whether it's organizational development, whether it's uh, looking at cultures and creating not necessarily creating, but identifying the culture that a company wants or identifying the current state of the culture and what's the aspirational culture. I do a lot of work around that. Um, there's So explain a little bit more about that because okay. 
you know, I think of um, the work that I do with like branding, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. So in a way, that is how you're perceived to outsiders. So is culture about um, what's happening within like the business, within the brand or whatever, and then it then permeates to the outside? Like, yeah, I... I think I think the answer is yes to all. Um, culture is about what is important to an organization. It's about how they operate and how they make decisions and what it's what it's the feel of working there. What is important? So a lot of times, um, you know, work with uh, doing a lot of values. I, I do a values assessment, or we just go through an activity of really identifying what is most important to a business. And, and the values are a portion of that, of that culture, right? It's saying, I stand for this, whether it's client, um, or excuse me, I'm not saying client, but like a um, customer, mm-hmm. right? It's something about customer service, mm-hmm. whether it's about communication, whether it's about teamwork, um, whatever it may be. And so the values are oftentimes a start to really defining a culture. But it's, it's that day in, day out. How do we show up? How do we get our work done? How do we recognize people? Uh, how do we, um, how are, are we efficient? Are we not? Are we, so it's the things that are important to a business. And so a lot of times, and, and it should, that culture then reflects externally into a more of an external brand that you were talking about. I think, weirdly enough, I'm thinking about as a kid, L.L. Bean. Mm-hmm. So being from the East Coast, right, you know, it was very clear the kinds of things that they sold. Um, you know, it was hunting and and duck boots and mm-hmm. and that kind of thing and they were known for also their customer service and their can-do attitude so for instance I remember being it my mom wasn't sure what size shoe I would wear and so they said no problem have your daughter trace her foot and send it in mm-hmm. and back before there was like fax machines and yeah. all that kind of thing and we'll figure it out and we'll make sure that we send the right size mm-hmm. and so that's that culture of can do right and you know and so then it becomes a this culture of you know going above and beyond with service right. mm-hmm. and and that's then, what was important to ll bean interesting so for for those of us from the northwest that was like nordstrom's right right they'll the return anything the tire exactly the tire story so they will return anything, including, you know, whatever brand of tires that that was that they took it back. I know. And as a former salesperson at Nordstrom's, I can say there were definitely times where I took stuff back that was not from Nordstrom's. <laughs> right. However, like they really backed up the whole customer's always right thing. Mm-hmm. Um, OK, so I was just curious about the culture thing, because that's such yeah. a buzzword it anymore, is. especially making sure that. Uh, company cultures are inclusive and they're diverse right. and those kinds of things as well. Yes, spot on. So that is an important piece that is also, um, it's a piece of culture, but it's also trying to weave that into the fabric of the organization. Um, and so that's, so DE&I is, um, it, it can be kind of its own piece in itself. Um, that is something though that I work with my clients on, I will say most D-E-N-I. Oh, sorry. Diversity, equity, inclusion. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Thank you for, no, thank yeah, you for calling I that out. I, I, I do that. that where I'm you like, know, deny? You get into the, <laughs> deny. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. No, I'm so glad you asked about that. Um, but, but that weaves into a lot of the different things that I do, whether it's around staffing, hiring choices, um, 
organizational, like who's moving into what, talent development, talent management, all of that stuff. Well, in some businesses, you know, before this became something that as a society we're really working to do better with, it's like there wasn't really that much dialogue around it. And so while it may have been at the heart of the goals of a company, it wasn't necessarily spelled out. So then weaving that into the narrative of the goals and the mission of the company and the culture in a way that seems natural and not forced is important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the the goals, I've been a lot, I've been a part of a lot of those goal setting t- conversations where, oh, we're gonna put a DE&I goal on, along with all of our other business goals. Um, that doesn't really work in a lot of cases, to be honest with you. And so weaving it into the culture Figuring out, just like you said, kind of those micro inequities, that's another, I know, HR term, but just those really small things that happen that we don't even know our brains are doing, um, the awareness is that's where you really can make an impact versus the goal. Right. Makes sense. Um, Okay. We have so much more to talk about, but I want to take a quick break here. and then we're going to continue the conversation. And then I don't have to stop for breaks. Um, I do want to remind people that this show is sponsored by other members of Plateau Partners. And so the ads that you're hearing are all people that I know personally. I like them. I can trust them. And I would be happy to refer them to you. Me too. So there you go. Look at that. So uh, we will be right back with Plateau Partners Pulse. Are you suffering from OIS or over it syndrome? OIS commonly affects parents, spouses, executives, and employees alike. Hubbard Health Solutions can reduce symptoms of OIS, such as stress, pain, unease, lethargy, and a general desire to escape. Ariel Hubbard, licensed massage therapist, customizes a treatment plan that addresses these symptoms and will transform you and your body so you feel human again. Contact Ariel by texting 971-319-2618 or go to arielhubbard.com to learn more about Hubbard Health Solutions. That's Ariel, A-R-I-E-L, Hubbard with an A, dot com. Tax law changes all the time, which is both annoying and stressful. Relax. Raj Prabhu is a CPA and enrolled agent and sometimes marriage counselor. It's his passion to keep track of, learn, and master the nuances of ever-changing tax law and requirement. He saves his client time and money so they can focus on their relationships because advising clients how to maximize money-saving strategies minimizes their stress. Raj speaks tax, so you don't have to. Connect with Raj of RLP Tax and Accounting, PLS. LC through his website www.rlptax.com www.rlptax.com organic free range and fresh daily alternative talk 1150 
Welcome back to Plateau Partners Pulse. We are back once again with Jennifer Harris, Look Within HR Consulting. Before the break, we were talking about the buckets that uh, your services fall into. Uh, the, the big overarching HR consulting piece, we talked about things like um, fundamentals of HR. The culture was a big piece that um, that we were talking about. And then there's um, little things like onboarding. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, you know, those kinds of things. So talk a little bit more about those things. Sure. So I refer to a lot of that as life cycle, the employee life cycle elements. So that those are things that um, I work with clients on sometimes to put structure in place, sometimes to put processes in place, or just to give guidance around how can we do things without actually putting too much restrictions Mm -hmm. or or process, right? Too much process is not always a good thing. Um, So with the employee life cycle, we do, you know, whether it's performance reviews, um, whether it's development planning, uh, whether it's training and development opportunities for employees, um, and then goal, we talked about goal planning Mm -hmm. or goal setting earlier, is around really more business goal setting, but then also at the individual level. So those are some of the things. And then there's there's hiring. So I'm I'm not a recruiter by I, I prefer not to do recruiting, although I do a lot of consulting on recruiting topics, if that makes sense. So mm-hmm. kind of more recruiting strategy pieces. And so when when you're in on the front conversations of that, the the output is hiring. Woohoo. People get new employees. Right. And hiring is really expensive. It's really expensive from a time perspective. And it's expensive from just pure money, right? Whether you are paying a higher salary, the market is, is high. It's really hot right now. There's a lot going on. So people are paying more money for good talent. Um, so when you get a new employee on, the last thing you want to do is not set them up for success. So that reference to onboarding is about the actual work starts when the employee starts because you got to set them up for success. You got to help them understand their expectations. You have to help them acclimate to the culture. What is this place? How do we get stuff done? What right. are kind of the norms? Um, and so there's a lot that goes into onboarding. And then, frankly, there's the offboarding process too. Whatever that looks like, um, you know, we got to make changes. We got to be agile. We got to be able to flex. And sometimes that requires, you know, separating. And so there's the offboarding process too, which is not as involved. I don't know if I want to call it a process. Well. Um, but, but it's sort of like a doing your due diligence, right? Right. And, That's a good way of putting it. Um, you know, and you mentioned the whole, like, the legalities of things mm-hmm. and compliance and all of that piece. And and what I think about is, you know, for instance, there's, um, there's a guy that I know that uh, he put up, he puts up my Christmas tree lights. And so it's a small business. And he has employees. And so doing something like that, he has to be concerned about um, making sure that he's got his insurance set and all the small business things. But with employees, what the expectations are, as you say, what's the dialogue that happens? You know, what's the process that's around that? And then in his case, it's a family-oriented business. So if he chooses to retire, what's going to happen then? Mm -hmm. Does the business end with him or... Is it going to then, is he going to have a successor? And yeah. you help with that too. I do. I do succession planning, which can be like your situation or that rep, that example that you just provided. Or it could be for a larger 
you know, company, when I say larger, I just mean with multiple employees, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they, um, and there's, there's change all the time. The one thing that's constant is change, right? And so people leave for, you know, good and bad reasons. And so having a succession plan in place, whether it's for leadership positions or key positions that are just really critical to the business that can't be left vacant, those having a, a plan or at least a conversation on a regular basis about what are we, you know, what would happen if this position opened up? What would we do? And so preparing other employees, one of the best things that you can do is offer offer opportunities for employees to get new uh, or to move laterally or move up in an organization, mm-hmm. you know, cross-training them, giving them stretch opportunities, giving them opportunities to shadow or um, or even mentor others that are interested in their role. So there's a lot of opportunities within an organization. And, and I will say that just because a company is, you know, 10, 15, 20 people does not mean that they can't present those types of options. Absolutely. Well, there's two things that are going through my head. One, it, it makes me feel like it's um, estate planning for your business. <laughs> That's a great way of putting it. I like right? that. And, mm-hmm. you know, thinking about all the contingencies, like if this, then that. And, you know, and what's going to happen and making sure that your ducks are in a row and you're prepared for that. And then the other thing that I think about as you as you talk about that is when you create a culture that people want to um, be a part of, they become vested. So when you give them those stretch opportunities Mm -hmm. or when you look within your organization for the talent to grow and expand the business, people are automatically more vested. They are, absolutely. They're more engaged and they're a lot more likely to stay when that next big job comes calling with more money. I've seen it happen where people have said, no, I'm staying where I am because they're happy or they recognize it. And, you know, most of the time people think grass is always greener, greener, so they're going to leap to whatever that opportunity is. But people are inherently lazy. I mean, if you have... If They're also ambitious. They are ambitious. However, you know, as an employee, this is slightly off topic, if you see a need and something that you can do, then even, and this maybe goes into the career coaching, you know, recognizing where there's maybe a hole or something that can be done and trying to stretch yourself. Right. And, you know, and recognizing that, hey, you know, I have done what I can do with this particular position, I see that there's a need here. And, you know, let's talk about that. Yeah, I mean, I, I do think that there's a, a sense of um, entitlement at times where it's, what can you do? Hey, business, what can you do for me? What are you doing? Are you giving me more money? Are you giving me, are you promoting me? Are you giving me a better title? Are you um, making me a manager? You know, whatever, where it is, whatever it is. Um, but it's, you know, it's different for everyone. And so you do your best to prov- to provide a culture that is that makes people feel valued, that makes people feel like they're part of something bigger mm-hmm. and that they're contributing and that they have impact. And when you do that, it goes a lot further than, oh, I'm just giving you a salary increase, right? Or I'm giving you a new title. People don't, like, they think that's what they want, but, but the reality is human behavior just they really want to be part of something bigger or to feel like they're making a contribution. It feels like the distinction between a job and a career. Mm, I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's yep. like a job. You check the box. You're in, you're out. It's yep. fine. And a career is more, um, you know, strategic and you're really thinking and yeah. you're 
involved. Okay, so the HR consulting piece, basically that's like soup to nuts. The facilitation yeah. is the piece, as you said, uh, the offsites and organizational trainings and right. meetings and, and Myers Briggs and Myers Briggs. And then the career coaching, um, that's something that you can work more one on one with people. Exactly. So the career coaching is I feel like it's somewhat specific or defined in terms of it's um, it's not a huge part of my business, but it's the part of my business that gives that fills my cup. It's I have a I, I love doing it because I get to really make an impact in in, in individuals and professionals lives. Mm-hmm. And so while it's not something I go out and talk about and advertise a lot, it is something that that I really value. And so my focus is around with with those individuals um, around opportunities to move forward in their careers, whatever that means. It might mean, oh, I need to do a different, I need to get promoted. Mm-hmm. It might mean I need to, I need to grow some more skills and I just need to go take a different type of work but in the same company. Or it might mean, oh my gosh, I hate my job. I have to go look for another job. So it could be a lot of things, but it's, it's trying to kind of figure out what that next step is. Um, and not necessarily like the big, what am I meant to do on this life, right? right. So it's it's more focused around kind of in that, um, you said in that career, what's that next step in the career? And then associated with that are things like I do resume reviews, mm-hmm. I do um, interview prep, I do offer negotiations. That is a really interesting one because a lot of people are not comfortable asking for what they want when it comes to getting a job offer or they think mm-hmm. they have to respond right away. Right. They gave me this job offer. I have to respond and tell them yes. Um, so so all of those things go along with the career coaching that I do as well. Interesting. It seems like it's sort of feathering the nest for individuals so that they can soar. I hope so. That's the intent. Love that. Yeah. OK. Um, so what's so great about what you do is as a as an HR consultant, you know, you refer to it as like, it's like one-stop HR, right? So for small to mid-sized businesses that really don't need to have an independent HR department, Mm -hmm. you know, for me, as I said, if I were to bring somebody on, I could come to you and say, okay, I'm going to bring on somebody that I partner with, whether they're a consultant or whatever it is, and what do I need to know? Or if I am a business that, you know, it's a there's 12 people, mm-hmm. and again, I don't need a full department. You essentially become the de facto HR department. Yeah, so there's a kind of different approaches that I use depending on the client and their size and what they need. But yes, I can be a one-stop shop. There's some clients that um, I work with really on an as-needed basis. So w- w- the only thing that I contract up front is that if I'm going to work with you, I want to understand your business goals mm-hmm. and your culture. Mm-hmm. and. Stacy, you have a culture, regardless of whether you have employees or not. You have a culture. I definitely and have a so culture. And so I want to understand those two things. And then I can jump in and out on whatever people and organizational-related topics or issues a business has going on at any time. Or I have other clients that I work with almost daily. They just have various, lots of different things going on regarded, regarding their talent, regarding their organization, whatever it may be. Um, and so I can I can bend and flex based on what their needs are. So this goes to the whole right size thing because you can be like the nurse on call, Mm -hmm. like, I can't figure out what to do. Mm -hmm. And 
you're it's like you are their person that they can call um or you can help them with you know strategizing something and you know okay let's put all of this together and you might help them even implement it but it's like then once it happens you don't need to be there as much you can then pull away right. or um you are that sounding board as they're continuing to develop their people or figure out their culture um you know yeah. you're that third party person i do so actually you're you're keying on one more service that i provide that's never listed out on a, you know a list or um but it's it's one of i think one of the most valuable services that i offer is um own you know business owners and leaders they often call me as a safe place to be able to just talk openly and be um you know just be just be open and just say things out loud because i always say being uh, a leader being a business owner it's lonely at the top mm. there's really no one when you're at the top that you can truly be completely transparent with whether you know about any to- about any and every topic and so I hold that that safe place mm-hmm. for a lot of my clients to be able to just speak about an idea or about a frustration they had or about a business focus they want to have whatever it may be um, and sometimes I give feedback sometimes I don't sometimes I just need to listen and other times you know I go into consultant mode because that's what I do. And I, do you want to, do you want some feedback there? Do you want some input? Um, But that being a sounding board is, is one of the most important services that I provide. It's um, then probably no coincidence that your logo looks like a lens, like a camera Mm -hmm. lens. Mm -hmm. And it's also like a circle of trust. Oh, it is. I never thought about that, but yeah, I, I hope so. Yeah. Because you can't, I cannot be successful without building trust with my clients. Right. That's a key piece. So, um, so there's the buckets of services that you have. And then there is the, let's say the buckets of people that, Mm. you know, you um, ideally want to work with. Right. Mm -hmm. So the individual professionals that need that um, guidance. Um, Organizations, maybe nonprofits that uh, not-for-profits that are looking to develop their culture or, you know, things have gone, have, they've run amok in the organization <laughs> right. and they need to bring things back and build up the team or whatever it is. Yep. Um, what are the other groups? Um, so you talked about organizations, mm-hmm. obviously. You also mentioned the, the individual professionals that I spoke with. That's a lot of that's in my career coaching, but also I do um, management coaching with new and existing managers. So that's another um, piece. Um, and then the other one I would just say I've spoken a lot about is the owners or the leaders. That's, I mean, those are the ones generally making the decision to hire me, right? So they're right. reaching out because they have something that they need help with. They have a pain point that they need help addressing. And so that's who I, I work with a lot. And then the last one, we've talked a lot about it as well, is just teams, the team dynamics, team effectiveness. And, um, and so those are, I would say that's the four different kind of groupings of, of people I work with. Okay. Um, so another question that I have is, is there a business that's too small to think about working with an HR um, consultant or that is too big and then gets above that sweet spot that you like? Yeah, good. that's a great question. Um, my target is kind of that 5 to 50, but uh, over 50 is not a problem. So 
the sweet spot for me again is at five to 50, but I can go upwards of, you know, a couple hundred without a problem there. Um, I have, I have had uh, clients with two or three clients or excuse me, employees. And cause everything for me is based around number of employees. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm not talking about revenue when I say a small business, it's about number of employees. Right. And, um, and so I've had a couple come to me and go, do you, is that, am I too small for you? Am I too small to work with you? And my answer is no. Um, if you're, like I said, if you're thinking about hiring that, that first person, we may not need to work together every day or even every week, but no, you're not too small to, to have a conversation and bring on an HR partner from the get go. That's awesome. And, um, before we wrap up last question, what do you think besides maybe hiring somebody, what are good indicators that maybe it's time to start working with an HR person? Oh, that's a good Anything? No. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The answer is yes. <laughs> the answer is yes. Um, if there's some cultural aspects that want to be worked on, if they um, have some, they would like to put some employee life cycle elements in place like we talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, if they are looking to terminate someone, I always suggest you get some sort of guidance around that. Um, if they have a lack of policies or guidelines around how they want to run their business and how, like, what are the, the kind of the boundaries of which employees need to work within. Um, gosh, the list goes on and on, but I think I'll end it there. Well, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Even if um, I can think of, um, like, the team's not getting along, right? Oh, that's a good, yeah. Like, they're the Bickersons. Because mm-hmm. uh, sometimes small businesses can be literally family or they can feel like family mm-hmm. and... Um, that can be dysfunctional. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I also do employee, re- you know, on kind of the, the, the negative side, employee relations um, investigations do, obviously I said terminations. Um, anytime there's kind of issues, communication issues, manager, employee, um, if there's any sort of uh, claims of wrongdoing in the okay. office, you know, hostile work environment or anything like that. Well, let's end on a high note. Yeah, let's not turn it around. Right. Let's turn that frown upside down. Mm-hmm. And if people want to connect with you because yeah. they're growing and expanding and they're trying to determine their culture and um, the climate and all of those good things, mm-hmm. how do they get in touch with you? Yeah. So um, best way is just go to lookwithinhr.com. The website is under construction, but it's still working and you can contact me that way. Um, I should say, I shouldn't say still, I should say is under, it's getting a facelift. And so, um, or you can just email me at jennifer at lookwithinhr.com. And I always welcome an introductory phone call just to chat and get to know someone um, for 30 minutes. So that's always available. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. I'm looking forward to the day that I get to expand my empire of one. (laughs) You will. You will. I just keep waiting for the call. It'll happen. Perfect. Well, you will be the first call. Awesome. Maybe the second. I have to tell my mom. Yes. Um, Thank you so much. Thank you. This was fun. It's always fun chatting with you. And remember that you can learn more about the Plateau Partners by texting BNIPPINFO to 55678. You can also find us on Facebook or Instagram at BNI Plateau Partners. Thanks again to Jennifer Harris of Look Within HR Consulting. Have a great week, everyone.